You're listening to Heart and Hustle Podcast, where we boss so hard. I'm Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma Moran. Join us every week to discuss entrepreneurship, creativity, business, balance, and life. Take control of your business and your life, and never forget to dream big, work hard, repeat. Hi, friends. Welcome back. This is episode 10 of the Heart and Hustle Podcast, and as you can hear, it's just me. It was one hello. Um, Charisma is feeling really, really sick right now. I think I had it a little bit last week. Um, this whole county is just being hit with the flu, the stomach virus, like everyone's just down and out. So I decided to try to pull together something so you guys wouldn't go a week without content. And we're going to have a mini episode with my husband, David Yard. He's my business partner at Sevenality. And he also has a podcast at Create More Good. Hello, everyone. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. Awesome. It's Tuesday. It's our day, our work day, like Tim's work day. Our daughter is at school today, so. So how was your Valentine's Day and your weekend? Uh, Valentine's Day was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to that wedding. Yes, we um, did go to my yeah. friend got married. Um at a resort near Disney, and it was really nice. It was fun to get together and see girlfriends that I hadn't seen in a while. We kind of we're living very far apart right now, so it's nice to get up all in one room, which is nice. Yeah, and then I saw someone that I knew in a very unlikely place. Like, exactly. So that was that was surprise. Cool. Um. So, yeah, and then the rest of the weekend was kind of filled with work. Really? Well, we went to a concert Saturday yes, night. the concert. That we had was a long also concert. Thing. Our friends were performing, and that was fun, getting out and doing something different. It's The weather has been in, insane. Like, winter 2016 for Florida. One day, it's, like, bordering 80 degrees, and the next day, it's, like, 50, and you have to wear a scarf. And that's why everyone is sick, because we can't recover, because the weather will not make up its mind. So hopefully going further into the end of February and starting in March, we usually go to the beach. Yeah. In March. Like, that's usually what happens. But the water's freezing, but it's a nice day to just go out and kind of hang out. So we'll uh, keep you updated on the weather situation here in Florida. Um, But yeah, it was a pretty good weekend, I would say, overall. Yep. Awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, and that's just a small snippet of what we were supposed to talk about this week with Charisma. And so we're just going to have a little bit of a mini episode where we talk about being creatives and dealing with imposter syndrome and just feeling like you ha- you really don't belong, like you should be better than you are, or seeing people in your field that are you know more popular and saying, I am not like these people, what am I doing here? Why am I getting money to do what I do? And how do we deal with that every single day? Um, I don't know, for me, I think a lot of that has been, even looking back at it, uh, we're always used to someone else kind of giving us approval or we're operating True. underneath a, a title. Um, so we don't necessarily spend much time thinking about who we are as individuals. Um, so when we're no longer in that environment, we go to, you know, feeling like, what am I supposed to do? You know, who's really um, setting the tone for my day or, you know, what is, you know, kind of like my title or role or purpose? Um, so yeah, that's, you know, where a lot of it has been for me, especially, you know, transitioning out from working for someone, you know, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks to, you know, putting in that same amount of time or even less and getting a lot more done. 
Um, but how do I measure that has been kind of like my big thing. Yeah. Like you don't get a raise. You don't get rewards. You don't get a new title. You're always the owner of your business. And with that, you don't get that validation that you would get from a boss or a mentor type person when you have a major achievement. Mm -hmm. And so your major achievements personally go unnoticed because then you're comparing them to your peers' major achievements. So you may like getting a speaking engagement and that may be really exciting to you, but then you look over and then a friend of yours is featured in a, you know, major publication or they're getting an award and then you're thinking, well, I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is going to speak down the street at the local library. <laughs> so, like, how do you deal with those feelings of comparing yourself to your peers? We won't go too much into it because that's what we're going to be talking about next week, but how do you deal with feeling like an imposter as in comparison to your peers? Um, I think a lot of that is really relative, too. Uh, it's easy to compare ourselves to others. Um, we're kind of raised that way. Oh, you know, Johnny or Susie got an A. You got a B. Right. Why it's didn't very you, you know, competitive get an a? in school. It's yeah. very competitive at home if you have siblings. And as creatives, there it really isn't anything that's benchmarking us other than, you know, industry created awards and things like that. So if you feel like your peers aren't noticing you or what you think are your peers because you're all in the same industry, if they don't know who you are, you're not being recognized, in a way it could feel like a snub. Like I feel like you almost you don't go off the wall like like Kanye does when he doesn't get nominated for a Grammy. But you do feel a certain way when you see that someone that may have started at the same time as you or is doing the same thing as you, they get recognized and you just feel like, hey, I'm not doing as well as I could be or I'm just a fraud. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's also from the fact that we're very sensitive. Um, it's the nature of our work to kind of pick up the, I guess, the inspiration. We draw a lot of it from our environment. Um, regardless of if we're introverts or extroverts, that kind of creative power comes from really digging deep and seeing what is the problem? How can I solve it? You know, um, and a lot of times it kind of could cre it creates an identity crisis where we're dealing with so many like user personas, especially as creatives, especially right. dealing with marketing. Um, you're always putting yourself in someone else's shoe. So at the end of the day, when you're, you know, really looking back at yourself, you're like, well, what about me? Um, you know, what needs that I'm solving for myself outside of paying bills or, you know, being able to go out to have something nice to eat every once in a while. Um, so it comes down to a lot of that. And then the next biggest thing that I've also realized in my personal, you know, career has been um, really just being proud of the work that I do. Uh, you can look at it and say, well, my work is not as good as my peers. I'm not being featured in the same places. Um, but that really doesn't matter because if you kind of look back at your early work and it's important to save that work, um, you can kind of see your own progression, your True. own growth. Yes. Um, and we have different ways in which we grow. Some people flourish in other areas. You know, it's all about kind of finding your thing um, and really owning that thing. Yeah. I think it's easier for us being a digital space that we can actually look back with just a click of a mouse at things that happened a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and how we worked on projects and how we can improve. But I want to switch gears a little bit. And, and how do you deal with imposter syndrome when you feel like, wow, I'm doing really great. I'm very successful right now. I'm getting, you know, lots of money. I'm being paid enough to make a living off my work. 
and I feel like I shouldn't be. Like, what? how do you deal with those feelings? Um, getting out of your head. I found, you know, volunteering has been really, really huge in being able for me to put things into perspective. Um, and not even like your usual, you know, going down to a homeless shelter. It could be simple as volunteering your time to mentor somebody. Right. Um, and you can kind of see where they are and, you know, where you are. We kind of go around assuming that everyone knows the same things that we do. Um, and everyone kind of, you know, has that same opportunity. Uh, reality is the opportunities that open up really kind of made themselves apparent based on our outlook on things. Right. If our outlook is positive, we'll see, you know, the ways to get to these places. We'll see, you know, this is how much work we have left to do. Um, if our outlook is negative, we'll say, well, I can't do this, or I don't even understand why people are, you know, giving me money to do this, um, or why people like the articles that I write, or anything of that nature. So your outlook has a lot to deal with it. Yeah, I, there's an article that we were reading, and I'm going to have it in the show notes, that's saying like 70% of millennials have imposter syndrome, not just creative entrepreneurs, but millennials in general, because we just don't feel validated in what we're doing. I think it's different with the baby boomers and the generation before us. They kind of got that validation, especially in a work environment. I feel like you were getting your bonus every year. You were doing those things. And that doesn't happen as often as it used to, especially in corporate um, environments, just because the economy is completely different. And now you have to work harder to be a low-level manager, let alone a C-level executive. And especially for people of color, that just is a minuscule thing. Like, how do we, how do we as people of color who, even if you're not a creative entrepreneur, entrepreneur or not, how do you deal with imposter syndrome just when you're going to your day-to-day -day job? Like, you're just getting up, I'm putting on my pants, I'm going to my job, or I'm going to my desk, and I'm just dealing with how do we feel validation within ourselves? Because you keep saying, you know, validate yourself or look at your work and, but how do we get to that point? How do we avoid becoming depressed because we're feeling like we're not as good as our peers, especially when our peers, sometimes we're in an industry where our peers are, don't look like us. They're not people who are us. Or if our peers are like us, and then maybe it's just one other person, and then we're ultimately comparing ourselves to the other person of color in the building or in our industry just because that's you feel some type of I don't know, similarity there, and you guys just connect diff like differently like people of the same race connect differently than people of different races races you just compare yourselves i think a little bit more versus yeah, yeah. someone of a different race or a different gender i think it comes down to really defining who you are um and defining what you want to accomplish a lot of us kind of go through life saying you know i want to do this or i'm gonna do that someday um but we never really own that kind of uh, desire or goal. Um, we just kind of say it in a passing moment, in a conversation, if it comes up. Uh, we rarely ever write it down. We rarely ever, you know, break it down into little pieces, say, how do I get to this goal? Um, so when others are kind of achieving things, they may have written it down. They may have, you know, taken the necessary right. steps to get Or they from may point just a, be feeling B. the same yeah. way you are. And most of the, if 70% of millennials are feeling imposter syndrome, it's more than likely that that person's also feeling like they didn't deserve what they have or mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. should be 
maybe where you are. Now they're comparing themselves to you and saying, we started at the same time and you're not doing as well as I am. What am I doing right to be here? I shouldn't be here. Right. It's just such an interesting personal thing that we're dealing with more and more in today's society, especially with the visibility of social media. And I think my friends who work regular jobs um, are more like, I think being an entrepreneur sounds awesome on social media. Because it it, we don't really talk. I mean, and even if we do, it still sounds better than going to nine to five if we say, I worked 40 hours this week. And everyone's like, you worked 40 hours at home. Ha ha ha. It's awesome. You watch Netflix for 20 of them. And it's, I mean, it is awesome. I love what I do. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. But it's nowhere near as easy as I feel like maybe I make it seem on social media. Or maybe people just think it is on social media. I think we have to stop using the internet to have a basis on what other people are doing with their lives. I think having private one-on-one conversations and really opening up to other people, not only in your industry, but different industries and mentoring, like you said before, is a great way to do that. We're actually starting um, a mentoring program for a new mentor soon, which is really exciting because she's a very young woman of color who reached out to me on LinkedIn and I was like, whoa, I want you to be in my bubble. (laughs) I need you because I feel like an imposter. I do. So it was great that I ha- we were having this opportunity. And you know, over like your course of the creative career, you're kind of pulled between two points. Um, one, being able to be sensitive enough to your environment. True. And then the other is to be thick-skinned and, you know, not show any emotion when your work is being criticized. Um, and to really kind of separate yourself from your work. Uh, but it's really hard because... It's such an emotional process that people don't realize. And we often try to put our best foot forward. Um, And kind of why dribble is the way it is. Because people are showcasing, you know, here's the awesome end result. That's a totally different episode (laughs) for a different day talking about playing the dribble game. Like, it's literally a game of basketball that no one wins. (laughs) So it's kind of and then you have the same thing with Instagram, with Facebook. We try to put forward, oh, here's, you know, a really awesome meal that I made. But no one ever shows, here's a meal that I burnt. Yeah. Um, And, you know... It's a word that... Well, we're not conditioned to show failure. We're not conditioned to talk about failure. And what we want to do on this podcast a little bit later on is talk more about failure in general. And we'll talk about how we deal with failure and and what we do to come back from failure. Because you're only as great as your how you came back from the failure that you had, your largest failure. If you could come back and you can bounce back and be completely fine and be even better and learn from it and grow from it and teach others about Mm -hmm. your mistake... I think that puts you way above your peers in any way, just at personal level. You don't always have to compare yourself to other people. No. And, I mean, it's what kind of makes people like Einstein stand out in history. Um, Because he had a lot of failures. And those were things that, you know, kind of just kept going. But it showed... That he kept at it. He wasn't watch, defined like, by it. If you want to a three-hour... <laughs> it's probably not that long, but it felt like three-hour dialogue about failure. Watch the Steve Jobs movie, <laughs> the latest one. Um, it does go through failures. It's really long, but you do get to see the progress he made getting to where he was as a revolutionary designer for Apple, just being a CEO, his design eyes, what we all know him for. And as designers, we really respect the fact that he brought back simplicity and the classicness of just being minimal mm-hmm. to the operating system, which we really, I mean, we could talk all about Steve Jobs yeah. another day, but it just that 
he dealt with a lot of the comparison game. He dealt with imposter syndrome a lot through his career. It's very interesting to see how someone, you start out in a garage, and then you're on stage with hundreds of people showcasing something that you just built. Like Millions around the world. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, But, I mean, one thing that I'm glad you kind of brought that up is the fact that he focused a lot on this is the product, and I don't really care what anyone else is doing. I'm focusing on the best I can make this product that I'm working on, that my name is going on. So what are your five takeaways for everyone in regards to imposter syndrome? Hmm. What should we be doing? Um, Focus on what's in front of you. Uh, It's easy to look over and say, oh, the grass is green over there, but the grass is really green where you water it. There is like a little section, like a little segment on a radio station in Atlanta a long time ago when I was growing up and it was like stay in your own lane and you would have to call in and talk about people who need to stay in their own lane that's what I think about whenever I'm being too comparative or I feel like I'm just I need to be like this person I'm like stay in your own lane because that person will call in and tell you to stay in your own lane (laughs) sorry (laughs) four more um the next one is it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. Um, a lot of 70%, times, you guys. Yeah. 70%. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So several people feel this way. Um, you're not alone in that fact. No. Um, and the next one I would say would be um, don't sit too much or reflect too much on what you don't have. Um, someone else has less than you do. Um, And there's a lot that you may particularly have, especially in your skills, that you can offer. Um, Focus on the ways that you can really share that with more people. That can also be said for don't focus on what you do have. Because when you're really successful and you you start to freak out about how much money somebody has paid you for a project, that may seem like it's very simple to you and you're like, why am I making that much money? Don't focus on it. Because one, you're putting in the time, your work so much you're a valuable human being every single person is valuable i know that we compare how much other people's work is to our work and that some people may not be better but each human being as long as they're a nice person they're doing the right thing they're valuable so don't allow anyone to take that away from you yeah um that was like what four three that was three four they can get a bonus one (laughs) um the next one i would say is uh Step outside of your bubble from time to time. Um, it's easy to get trapped. It could kind of become, you know, your own reflecting mirror True. of here's everything that's kind of swirling around me. Here are all my problems. Um, step outside, whether it's taking a walk, volunteering, um, find a hobby. Do yeah. something that isn't exactly work. Totally. I think this year I'm focusing on switching gears a little bit. And we talked about this a little bit, but I mean, not in full detail because I don't want to talk about it in full detail until it's completely like hey this is what's happening but um that i feel like has allowed me so much change and to be able to step outside of the creative um sphere for a bit not be focused on twitter on what every single person is doing and just being able to create genuinely and having the letter me a love song project i feel like this is the best i've been creatively in a long time so i really stepping outside of your comfort zone works like it's it's a real thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for me, it's been learning a new language. Um, yeah, we're language learning right now. It's yeah. fun. 
<laughs> so um, I found that a lot of it, especially you know, I'm learning Japanese, which people would be like, well, why would you want to learn Japanese? Well, it's a very artistic language. Um, Our daughter has a Japanese name. <laughs> like, there's yeah. several reasons why. So, I mean, you know, things like those kind of, when I'm jumping back into work or, you know, trying to really give something my all, um, it allows me to feel a lot more relaxed. It, uh, feel, it also gives me, you know, a sense of this is something that is going to be really worthwhile regardless of how it turns right. out. And learning another language as a creative allows you to think outside the box, especially for someone like me who's very um, type-oriented and really loves just type and letters and lettering and knowing how things look in a different language, especially something like Japanese, how characters look. Um, it really changes your point of view. So if you don't know what you're doing right now, download... Is it memorized? They said it's memories, like when in Spanish, cause that's what I'm learning. He's like, you know, like me amo memories, and I'm like, is it memories or memorize? Either way, download it. We'll post a link in the app. Learn a new language, even if it's four months. Just like take a course, refresh your Spanish one from high school, and it's or even get better at your native language. True. Okay. Learn proper grammar <laughs> that I don't speak on this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, there are a number of things that you can do. Uh, it's a lot about what, how big is your dream? Um, and what are you going to do in terms of work in, you know, getting to that dream? Right. Um, it's easy to say, I want to do something or, you know, one day this is going to happen or, oh, I could have done that, but, you know, I didn't have the time. It all comes down to you have to make the time and you have to be intentional about, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish. Otherwise, you'll kind of feel like you're aimlessly wandering, you're not accomplishing as much as you could. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, any things that you want to shout out for this week to check out? I know you will be in Miami. Yes. Word Camp Miami is this weekend. There are no more tickets. No more tickets. Sold out. But I believe the video will be posted. On WordPress um, TV. Yeah. It's the first time they're doing their freelance workshop, and I'm presenting in that workshop, so I'm pretty excited. Very yeah. exciting. And tickets just went on sale for WordCamp Atlanta. I will be speaking there yep. in my hometown. I'm so excited to listen to all of the outcasts and all of the great music. <laughs> um, it's March 19th through the 20th. He just literally shook his head at me. I'm not kidding. It's March 19th through the 21st. There will be an Atlanta playlist. It's my homecoming. I've not been... At all last year, we did not go to the city of Atlanta, and that's not okay. We didn't travel much last year. No, this is baby, man. <laughs> but now this year, we're like, we, you're one. We have, a lot gonna, of we have a lot of trips that we were booked already. But okay, so we'll be posting this, and you guys need to send all of your messages to Charisma and tweet her and tell her to feel better. Get and drink well. all of the tea and, like, don't move. Um, that's all you have to do. Like, seriously, this illness is one of those things where you have to just sit and, like, wait it out because mm -hmm. it is a beast. It's ridiculous. Like, this is the first time I feel like my throat doesn't sound awful recording mm -hmm. for this long. Before, I was just, like, trying to cough into my chest. And I don't know if you guys heard it previously, but, yeah. yeah so, um, you can... Get in touch with us at on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. We're on Instagram at Heart Hustle Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, Heart and Hustle Podcast. And we are 
live at heartandhustlepodcast.com. You can email us at hello at heartandhustlepodcast.com. We are on Periscope. Charisma's at Charisma Moran. I'm at Studio 404. And just send us all kinds of things. Just let us know what you're doing. How do you deal with imposter syndrome and any articles? And that'll be so great. So we'll see you guys later. Bye.